This episode is powered by denmeditation.com with locations in Los Angeles that normalize meditation and make it available to all. The meditation is the primary focus. The bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Hey guys, this is Tal, and welcome to Den Talks, a podcast that features successful people from all walks of life taking us on their journey of self-discovery. Today, we're here with the ladies from Energy Muse, a successful crystal healing brand, where they chat about how these two have actually been friends since they were six years old, how they ended up starting a business together, all the way to crazy Mexican nights with shamans, and how getting lost in the Hollywood nightlife was probably the biggest mistake they made in the beginning of their careers. Also, let's not forget how a crystal grid and a pyramid might actually be turn on in your love life. This is a really refreshing conversation about friendship and remembering who you are as an individual and how all types of relationships actually do take work. Make sure you stay tuned for the personal practice by Energy Muse at the end of the podcast, where they'll be guiding us through a cleansing prayer to facilitate a deeper meditation. Well, welcome to the Find Your Den podcast. We're here today with Heather Askinozzi and Timmy Jandro. They are longtime best friends. They've known each other since childhood and also the founders of Energy Muse, a conscious lifestyle brand that provides hope, empowerment, and inspiration through the tangible form of crystals and jewelry. They are also co-authors of the gorgeous and informative book, Crystal Muse. Welcome, guys. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here because, I mean, I feel like you've weirdly been part of the den this whole time, even though you don't know it, because we talk about you guys, you've been at events for us, so I so appreciate everything you do for the community in general. So, you guys have been best friends since how old? Well, we were in first grade. Yeah, so we have been... um well, I, sometimes I say, like, Heather and I, we used to cause a lot of chaos together. So thankfully, we've turned that chaos into helping others and <laughs> helped ourselves. So uh, there was definitely a bigger plan that we didn't even know existed back then that we have been meant to be together. You know, a lot of our paths went separate ways, but we always came back together throughout our whole four decades plus together. So this has been a really amazing journey. Wait, really? So do you remember actually when your friendship began? Like, was it a playground moment? I think it was at school, wasn't it? You know what? I can't remember. (laughs) All I remember is that um, one night, um, Timmy's grandma lived on the other side of me and she came out and her name's Grandma Jo. I think we were maybe eight or or nine years old. And she's like, girls, let's talk about reincarnation. And that was like a long time ago. Yeah. And... We just got there. We went into it. And then we went into my house, and my grandma was doing her tea leaves yeah. and doing tea Wait, leaf so readings. Wait, so your grandmother was doing tea leaf readings, and your grandmother was yeah. talking about reincarnation. So, so that just pretty much, I think, we were we were on a path. I mean, it Were was your grandparents thing. friends? Well, see, the funny thing is Heather lived next to my grandma, then I lived next to my grandma. So we there was three houses um, in a row. So we might have even met that way. But, yes, my grandma was friends with her mom and dad. So, because they were next door neighbors. But that's really kind of amazing. Like you said back mm-hmm. then, that your grandparents, it's not oh, even yeah. your parents, like yes. your grandparents yeah. were into this stuff. Yeah. Now, were you as kids, until it was exposed to you in that way, where they said, let's talk about reincarnation, do you remember thinking about this stuff when you were younger or? Not really. It didn't seem so far out there. Now to look back and go, wow, back then that was probably way before anyone was talking about this stuff, but my grandma was kind of out there. She was ethereal. She had, you know, she was friends with a lot of artists and she lived a different lifestyle than would have been the norm back then. But again, she was just my grandma. Right. It's all you know. Different. Yeah. And then yours too. Um, you know, I think that, um, yeah, my because my grandma was Irish, and so it was always packaged like, oh, this is just what the Irish women do, Heather. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do to this day. My mom's kind of still in the closet about lots of these things. You know what I mean? Um, but the I think that um, yeah. So we would always, I mean, we'd always get our tea leaves. I mean, I can't wait till Chinese New Year. So I'm like, you know, gonna have my mom the cup. Who will be like, oh yes, let's see. You know, we do it every year. Do you remember anything that was told to you through the tea leaves that resonates, or you remember? Or you're like, holy shit. Oh, you know, I th- my mom. I think you know, being half Irish, it's always it's 
it's always a story, right? And I always learned that. Um, and maybe that's why I always was attracted to uh, studying with shamanic people and Indians and things like that, because they always shared a story. They never gave you, and this is how the outcome was. It was always this journey. And so I, my mom, when she would do the tea leaves, I remember I'd have her show me the cup and you could see the pictures in it. So she would tell the story. So I learned at a young age that there was always a story in the lesson, you know? Do you remember any lessons that you learned from it? Um, for me, when I think back, I just think that um, to always look deeper, that there's always signs and symbols. And I think for me now, looking back, it's like, um, maybe that's another reason I like herbs and plants, because I saw that they can give us messages. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like as a kid you understood the learning deeper idea, or is that something that kind of I solidified think, for you? I um, think, you know, once again, looking back now and how you talked to me maybe three years, or actually even three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, these last few months are interesting, the, the unveiling of the onion. But I think that um, we grew up in Manhattan Beach um, in the 60s, 70s. Oh. It was a very, um, it was a time of freedom, but I wouldn't say it was um, a spiritual people talking about these kind of yeah, things. But we all lived, uh, you know, at the beach mm -hmm. and sunrises and sunsets and bare feet. But I don't, I wouldn't have, I, nobody was talking about these conversations. But there was an appreciation then. of like connection clearly without talking about it. Absolutely. I think neighborhood was important. Like yeah. the energy of the neighborhood and the kids getting together and, and being together and, and playing and just, it was so free. Everyone knew every, just you we could did. go into a nice? neighborhood and everyone knows everyone yeah. and you go downtown and everybody, everybody knew everyone. And there was a community and a connection of unity that I think was a really strong bond that I don't see so much Plus, nowadays. Plus, I think everyone it's was hard. watching out for everyone because we did know each other. So yeah. you really couldn't get into much trouble without anyone knowing yeah. about it. Yeah, and there is something that you're right nowadays, like kids are not playing in the streets. No. It's no. so sad. I used to love that. We yeah. just get on our bikes and just well, go. And I, now I look at it now that I have kids. I mean, my mom and dad would be like, bye. And we didn't have a <laughs> phone there. I mean, I could have gone down to the beach. And never come back. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Hey, see ya. Oh, hey, are you back at six? You know, I mean, yeah. and it's funny now we don't let anyone do anything <laughs> and you have an ability to actually exactly. like trace them and, yeah. know, and it's mm -hmm. still this fear of, yeah, of everything. Somehow yeah. they found us and we found them. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like we would walk to school. Yeah. Who walks to school these days? I mean, my favorite was when it would rain. I would actually, that's when I would walk home. I'd be like, oh no, it's raining. I want to yeah. walk home. This yeah. is the best. You just get like soaking wet and know you're getting home and it's dry there. I used to love that. And get, we used to just get so dirty. My mom would be like, oh, you'd show up at the front door and just be like... Yeah. Mud, because you'd be playing for hours. Yeah. So true. And they would the know best. where you were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they trusted you'd get back, and somehow we, yeah. always, we always knew what the time was somehow, and we always yeah. got back. Exactly. It's amazing what we did. The honing device. Didn't yeah. Be ready? <laughs> I know. It's like the, the bell that you don't yeah. hear, but yeah, that's so crazy. So tell me, because you were hinting that you guys have come in and out of each other's lives. Yeah. So talk about were there moments of, were you guys always really close, or were there moments of kind of... You disappeared from each other's lives for a few years, or what was well, that Heather like? Well, Heather moved. So what happened is, despite <laughs> nature, we went to different schools. So that was a sad day for us because we were always together. And so I was more of the athlete. Heather did acting and, and some other activities. And so... We just had different interests. I was a cheerleader. That was okay. kind of... Well, <laughs> that was your athletic prowess. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't like... I was an athlete too. Yeah. 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 And you know what? And I was not coordinated <laughs> enough to be one. So I, you know, I wasn't my gig. But um, we always had... Like I had a very eclectic group of friends or a lot of different groups, but I had a core friendship. But Heather and I, I don't know. We just were always around each other. We went to different colleges, yet we pledged the same sorority. Oh, interesting. Unbeknownst to us. Now, were you um, keeping in touch when you were in different school? Like, at this point, are you still keeping in touch, or? It wasn't as easy back then. I know. We didn't have cell phones, right? So when she was in town for the holidays, we might see each other, but it wasn't like an everyday. Like the minute you got home, you were calling each other. No, right. but when we were together, it was like no time had passed, and that was like the true test of our friendship, and it still is that way. But Timmy also got married really young. Yeah. And I'm like... Good for you. <laughs> How old okay. are you? you got Twenty-two. That is young. Right yeah, out of college. especially yeah. And now yeah. those are the. I was like, and you go do that, yeah. and that sounds amazing. 
See, so. and for my family, it was always like all my my great grandmother, my grandmother, and my mom all got pregnant before they got married, and so they were married by eighteen, nineteen years old. Right. So I was in my head, yes, that's what I need to do. Right. I'm going to get married, have kids. Well, we waited eight years to have kids for many different reasons, which we can go into later, but. Um, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Now, looking back, there's no way I would have ever done that again that way. <laughs> no way. I mean, I changed so much between 22 and 30 when I started having kids. I don't even know if I'd be with the same person. Are you guys still together? We are. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing because we've been through a lot. I'm so, sure. I'm sure. Because, yeah. I mean, like you said, everyone changes. Nobody's... Yes. No one's ever constant, so that's impressive that you guys are actually been able to work through it. Yeah, but it's it's hard. I mean, every day is a new, a new awakening, a yes. new discovery. You know. Yes, and then how old were you when you got married? I got married at thirty three. 32 or 33. Yeah. You tell such a great story that if you care to repeat it, I thought it was hilarious about how you were keeping a little bit of who you were from your right, right, right. then boyfriend. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. So what happened was is um, through a, events, I um, got into uh, doing feng shui full-time when I was selling high-end real estate in Manhattan Beach. And um, my house was kind of like a, a research lab. And so at the time, I was kind of known around town as the love guru because <laughs> I could help, I could go into people's houses. And I remember this one guy, he's like, God, Heather, I need so much help. I can't get any dates. And I'm like, get a picture of a geisha, put it over your bed and blah, 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 blah. So I did his room and he's like, a month later, he's like, man, this works. I love this. My whole life has changed. But um, what happened was is that I was playing around with a lot of different things for love um, because I had a lot of women that were needing help. And that's when I met my husband, who's from Springfield, Missouri. And so, you know, I'm from California. So, you know, I just, he always wanted to come over and I was like, ah, because I knew that at that point it was either going to be, it's either going to be in or out. And I had been, um, tra I learned transcendental meditation. I bought myself a copper pyramid. So I would do my morning meditations under the copper pyramid and my evening meditations under the copper pyramid. And then I started sleeping on it. So when he came into my house, he's like, why do you have a copper pyramid in your living room? And he would go to different sections and why do you have this here and why? And then I had to come clean on what I did for a living and how I thought. And what was cool with him is it, I think he was so startled and shocked and thought, wow, I got to just date this girl so I could tell my friends in Missouri what's going on in <laughs> California, man, this stuff is crazy. But um, he's like, hey, this is kind of cool and interesting. And I remember that he just loved coming over to my place because there was all this stuff going on. And so, um, and so we, probably a lot of good love energy because you were there working was, so there much, was a yeah. lot of good love energy. <laughs> and so my experiments on others, I ended up, you know, yeah, meeting him and we got married nine months later. So, oh, wow. there you go. That's fast. Yeah. So it, it sounds like you, so you were selling high end real estate. Yeah. And so you guys both went to college, you went to separate colleges, but you were still kind of keeping in touch as much as one could do in that time. What did you guys both do after school? Did you go right into real estate? Um, I was, because I've always been, I had to always be my own boss. I started a party panning company, but what I ended up doing is going and started uh, selling high-end real estate. And one of my clients was the CFO of a, a Fortune 500 company out of Brazil. And he was the one who said, he came in town, he said, look, I want to buy a lot of property, but it has to have good feng shui. And back then I'm like, say, what? What are you talking about, man? And so that's why I started learning about it. And I ended up going and learning the classical school, which is based on mathematics and um, a whole bunch of number sequences. So you so, learned it specifically to help this client because yeah. it was a huge deal. Yeah, I'd never heard of that. That's amazing, though. I'd so, but yeah, I mean, back then in the eighties, you know, million dollar property. Now in Manhattan Beach, you know, you can't even find that. But back then, that was a big deal. And he didn't wasn't only looking to buy one or two houses. But I needed to know how he wanted to look. He was a European guy, and they had specific things that they were looking for for their family. I was so, yeah. It's always so interesting when you can look back and there's one weird thing yeah. dropped in your lap that totally shifts it to your life It forever. totally changed it's my amazing. life forever because then I learned about energy and I wanted to know more. And so what happened was then I ended up stop selling real estate and it that's when my whole life changed because then I started going and studying all over the world in different places and learned about energy from different healers. And you've, and you've studied like with shamanic healers. I mean, you've I've studied deep. with a lot of, yeah, I'm a Scorpio. 
So that, <laughs> that's just going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go deep. It's going to go hard. It's going to be intense. I'm going to be like, Ugh. you know, that's how I learn. But I'm, I'm a researcher. So, you know, I, I, I'm a full believer that I'm open-minded, but I do not have time to do things that don't work. For me personally, That's and amazing. so, and then later years later, Tony Robbins, um, we got LinkedIn with him, and what we learned from him is is that you have to be consistent and you have to um, push yourself and go harder. And well, I think when and, you find your formula, if you're yeah. getting the results you want, then keep doing it. Yeah, if you right. don't, you're going to keep getting yeah. those same results. So change up your formula, right? If you want different results, and that's something Heather and I have really incorporated. Is or formulas. check each other like what, yeah yeah if this formula isn't working what do, what can, what can we, we change yeah. yeah so then what was your story as far as like what did you think was it just married at that point you wanted to graduate and get married or no, did you have other no, no. I definitely was very driven so I was like Heather and I would both say we're triple type A personalities and <laughs> so together you guys are insane yeah well back then yes and probably Timmy still was now. always more insane. <laughs> So um, someone had approached me and said, you know, you don't know what you want to do, but you want to get into sales. I own a garment industry. Um, I mean, I own a company in the garment industry. Come be a salesperson for me. And I'm like, okay. So literally, he goes, you want to be a salesperson, but you're going to learn every aspect of my business. You're going to go back in the back and do shipping and receiving. You're going to learn how to buy fabric. You're going to work with the designer. You're going to answer the phones. And then you're going to get into sales. So that was very instrumental in having that that information when we decided to yeah. join forces because I kind of understood the ins and outs of a business. Yeah. And what it took to to be all of that. So Heather kind of always has the vision and, and we'll get into that. And I'm more of like, how are we gonna make it come to fruition in, in many parts of the practical? Of so yeah. um loved the garment industry. It was a very male-driven industry. Um I was killing it. And at one point, I'm like, what is this serving my soul? Like, the money is wonderful. I'm just, I'm a hardened bitch. And my marriage was falling apart. When was this? Like, how I how many years like, have you been in it? Probably like six. Six to seven. So no kid yet. No kids. And my husband was pretty adamant, like, we're not having kids. Maybe he saw the foreshadowing, like, she needs to grow up a bit. And I'm glad he saw that because we probably would have stuck together when we shouldn't have been together. Right. Because we broke up for almost a year. Wow. Yeah. I left him. I'm like, you know what? He's bothering me. He is so boring. <laughs> he's, and I found out later he was depressed. But I didn't know how to recognize that. It was like, ooh, he's a burden to me. I'm out of here. So right. So when people are like, did you quit? Yeah, I quit my marriage because I'm like, I'm going to go find something much more fun because my, my life is fun. But right. It was really spinning out of control. I was drinking a lot partying a lot, did fall in love with someone else, and had a very good time until I wasn't. I was burnt out. Didn't I was reassessing my life because I just, again, I wasn't, it wasn't feeding me. It feels like at that point you were kind of just running away from your life a little bit. Yeah, yeah I wasn't dealing with anything. Yeah. And my mom was Just trying really to get like that immediate satisfaction. Because it's so hard, though, when you're not fulfilled, you will do anything to figure out a way to fulfill yourself. There was no slowing down to look inside yeah. at all. And my parents were not happy with my decisions. They loved my husband. They thought I was making a major, like, you know, making the worst decision ever. So anyway. And you're still working. You're still in the same job. No. Well, yeah, I'm still in the same job. Okay. Right. Yep. So um, finally I decided what's going to be the best thing for me to do. So I left the garment industry to start working on myself, working on my husband. Had been part of Heather's What research. made you, like, okay. what was the shift for you? Like, because that's a tricky shift yeah. when you're in there. Well, I started reading a lot of health, self-help books and um, calmed down a little bit. It was just <laughs> enough to... Um, I wish you guys could see Heather's face right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> well, definitely I'm missing a whole part when I went back into the single life with Heather and my other single friends and had a whole lot of fun. I right. Mean, lived the life that I probably should have been doing before. You I needed it, right. Yeah, just... Even having my own space and decorating an apartment, paying my own bills, I didn't do any of that because I went, went right yeah. from college to marriage. So I missed a whole chunk of, of growing up. And so anyway, I probably didn't do it in the best way possible, but it was the way it was supposed to happen. Yeah. So um, in that interim, Heather's learning about all of these new modalities, and I was like at the research lab of her apartment learning <laughs> Um, she would practice feng shui on our on our home. Um, she would do energy work and with stone therapy and crystal work on me. And I'm like, gosh, there's really something to this. Although at points I'm like, 
now what is she into? Oh my God, now she's onto something new. Like I couldn't keep up with it, but I was open to learning about it through osmosis. I am not a master researcher like Heather. Right. I like to feel it, live it, and try it. And so then you came up with our the prosperity necklace that started our company when we decided to join forces. So did you? When did you get back together with your husband? Before like, um, it was about a year before we started our business. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And so then, because your, your business that we were talking about is almost 20 years old. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's hard to believe. That's incredible. I mean, it's most businesses are gone within a year or two. So that's incredible. I mean, congratulations on that. Yeah. So talk about then this prosperity necklace. What was the impetus? How did you... You've been now... How long have you just been, like, learning and researching and not working traditionally? Um, I would say, you know, around 28 years old is when I kind of... When I was going through my Saturn return. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, you know, um, I started... You know, I'm very interested. You know, I'm curious. And um, I was always very curious about secrets. And I always wanted to know about all these different things that people would do to shift their life. And I found a common theme between the feng shui and the crystals and the different geometric shapes is that all this information was only um, allowed for royalty and for emperors and for the high status people and the affluent. And yet these were all secrets that not everyone had access to. And so even when I was studying feng shui and I studied from some unbelievable masters, there were always this different level of tiers of secrets, um, you know, even in anything, right? And now I'm into Tibetan Buddhism, and, and that's really rich in a lot of different things, too. But um, I think that what happened was is that I came up with a necklace, Prosperity, based on feng shui principles. But at that time, I was feng shuiing a lot of people in Hollywood. And in our business, our business is about keeping secrets, not telling them. Right. So it's, you know... Um, you know, we've been doing this a long time. I mentioned that earlier, and we've we've got to meet the top people in the world from every single in- industry, amazing. and we have some of the coolest stories that we can never tell anyone about. <laughs> right, but, um, to each but, other. Yeah. You just have to go out and like repeat them to and each so, other. And so, you know, when people are like, "Man, crystals are so trendy," are you guys so excited? And we're like, "Hey, we've been we've doing, doing this, this seventeen forever. years, you guys." No one's just telling you what they're, no one's talking about it. But now it's okay to talk about it, you know, everyone's more open about it. But um, I just think that what happened was at the time, um, who I can't say because they were public, um, uh, Kristen Davis, right when she um, got on Sex in the City, mm-hmm. um, I gave her one of the necklaces. And um, Mark McGuire at the time was playing um, baseball. baseball, and Richie Sambora from. Uh, Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Come so on. these I'm three Jersey. guys, yeah. So these three, these three guys really put us on the map, and they're like, "Hey," and they wore it out publicly. And what now, had you? But you hadn't. Had you actually formed your company yet? We had. Yeah. So what happened is Heather came up with ten of these prosperity necklaces just to for try yourself. Them out. Okay. She was going to give them to ten people, skeptics, all people that she thought would as like work. a research study. Like, yeah. tell me what happened. Let's do some data I on this. Your scientific brain. Uh, <laughs> it's such a beautiful combination because most a lot of people don't have that combination. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, it's very analytical for yeah. sure. And you know, I, again, I knew a little bit about crystals, but I didn't know what the energy of this should be. But when I wore it, I felt. Like, I was meeting people. There were new opportunities. It wasn't necessarily about money. It was about prosperity, which is all aspects of Absolutely. Your life. And, like, you know what, Heather? There is something to this. Again, there was a feeling I felt. Now, for me, I'm not a big feely person. I have opened up in the last couple years by brutal challenges in my life. But um, <laughs> that was probably beat one the, of the door first down things sometimes. that yeah, opened me up to feeling something with the crystals. And so I knew how to get them made. And that's where I said, let's join forces. Well, all 10 people came back and said, hey, there's something to it. And what happened was Hollywood heard about it. And so Timmy and I got invited to some of the coolest Hollywood parties. And literally, we were like drug dealers. We'd be like, go back in the Mac. And people were like, man, give me like 10 of those. That's huge. It was amazing. And money was like flying from the sky. And we were like carte blanche into every cool thing in town and for two years it was kind of like that movie where just money it was like you're in the <laughs> 80s bam ba, ba, bam bam <laughs> and then all of a Bring sudden money. it flatlined 
But and, that's so, A, yeah. so, it's so amazing you had that. That's a, <laughs> no, but it's a struggle when you first start a business. Yeah. It wasn't you like support it and keep it going. It wasn't I mean, it like was that for minimum, us. Minimum, minimum um, startup yeah. money. So it was, right. that was like yeah. a curse almost. Yeah. You, you think like talking about it right now, you're like, man, what Why happened? Do you think it was a curse. It I think it was a curse like because or? it was so easy. We had the good life. It was like we became accustomed and not grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And when it flashed, flatlined, that's when we really started to learn the power of the energy of the stones. Because we had to learn gratitude. We had to learn about how to be humble again. We had to learn how to be business people. We had to learn how to manage money and run a business. And so when it was so easy at the beginning, we took everything for granted. Right. Well, I think yeah. that's a lot of the ego, like going in and, and going, hey, I got to talk to someone that knows more than I do. Because it would, had moved to a point that was bigger than us. Like we needed organization. We had no business. Yeah, of course. We couldn't, even keep, it. we couldn't keep yeah, up right. with demand. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Because we were selling them out of the trunks of our car. Right. On the streets of Manhattan Beach. If you could go back and do anything differently, what would you do? Like a piece of advice for someone starting a business like that. Well, I mean, having some kind of a plan and a strategy probably would be smart in any case, but I don't know that Heather and I would change it because it's kind of morphed who we are, Right. you know? And it taught you everything. And also what it taught us is we were spiritual people trying to sell a product and can spiritual people that are helping to heal people or bring a tool to market that heals people make money. And that was a big Did lesson. you grapple with that? Of course, absolutely. And then we thought... If we don't make money, how are we going to continue to do so? How was that? Did you both come to the conclusion together? Did one of you struggle with it? It is a hard thing. I think some people struggle with the money aspect of of wellness for that exact reason. It's it's tricky. And some people judge that as well. I mean, right. I know we get well, this all the time. I think that <laughs> the balance with Timmy and I is, is that, you know, Timmy likes money. And it's good. Thank God she does. And for me, I don't get out of bed. <laughs> That does not, that's not it's what gets not. me out of the bed in the morning, although I wish it did because then I'd probably have a lot more, you know, things that I need and whatnot. But so it's a good balance right. with us. And so um, one of us is always keeping focused on one aspect that's important. You know, like I always begin the year with a Kriya because I do Kundalini yoga in the midst of 20 other things. But I always <laughs> I start it with like a 40-day prosperity because I always want to work on that wounding, on that poverty conscious, on that whole thing about money and spirit and keeping all the blend and you know what is riches for me is it that exterior where's my inner richness and so that's kind of the questions I'm asking but it it all has to do with that aspect of money do you feel like you found those answers or do you feel like you're still searching oh I'm a searcher so even I feel like every time I think I got it going on I'm like I got it going on now and then something hits and I'm like ah another layer of the onion right to go deeper and so that's what I'm here to do in this lifetime. I, I want to go deeper. I want to get to those layers. I want to like, I want to be able to conquer those thoughts in my head. You Is know? your husband a deep guy? No. I mean, I love him dearly. He's, he, no. I mean, no, he, I ask because it is yeah. such an interesting, he not, most, a lot of people can't do that. He's forced to endure a lot of this stuff, you know, but. He's but listening. He, but he I appreciates mean, it clearly, Well, right? I mean, what's he going to do? You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I'm like, I was sleeping under a pyramid when you met me. I right. had full disclosure. You were honest about Okay. It. I mean, like, I come had on that now. argument with my husband as well. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I, I had didn't full change disclosure. the rules. You did. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. You knew. I sleep under you pyramids. Knew. What did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's, the thing about him is he's a Midwestern guy. He's got a sensibility and a heart about him and that I think Midwestern people it's just different. He grew, up, he grew out in the woods with nature, and there's something just so solid about that. And yeah. it's that inner, um, there's this inner part of him that, that, that balances me out. Because I, I, for, it's me, for, I'm, I like it up in the sky. Right. I like it up you there. You need someone holding you down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's great. I say that about my husband, too. I always describe it. Like, I'm like the bouquet of balloons, and he's kind of like the grouchy guy holding it. Is that totally. What, that was yeah. movie. What up. movie was it? Yeah. Up? It was Up. Yeah. That's what, yeah. I, when I saw Up, I yeah. told him, I go, that reminds me of yeah. like us. Like, you're the grouchy guy. <laughs> but I'd be floating, like, aimlessly if he wasn't right. actually, like, holding exactly. me down. Yeah. And what about your husband in relation to, like looking at the world like how do you do you guys look at the world completely differently or you know I think we go through cycles sometimes I wonder gosh when things are really going good for me in an area of my life it always seems like his is not and so I'm like is there ever going to be this synergy where we're both in this really great space 
Probably not. Right. Because that's what we're supposed to be learning about each other or being compassionate to help the other one rise. Yeah, Yeah. help the other one through something. But the thing about Jim, that's his name, is that he will try things. But the guy totally surprises me like all the time where I don't think he's really listening. Then all of a sudden, he won't walk me through the process where I will walk him through the process that like ad nauseum and he's like why do you have to tell me every detail <laughs> he will then come out with this revelation and I'm like whoa like how long have you been working on this like possible change in your life I, I had so he no thinks idea. more than you actually think he's thinking he's like processing I, life more than times, you give him credit for. yes yes and that is a big surprise because he's very private very private that's interesting mm-hmm. that's is that and that must be so do you guys feel like what you do has permeated I mean, it has to because it's your life. But do you feel like the spirituality of what you do has permeated your relationships or your kids, your husbands? I I just hope that there will be less of a therapy fund than my children. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to put as much money aside for that for them when they're later. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'll be honest. I think kids today are so much further advanced for sure. They we have so many kids that come into our place that are crystals. I love when the kids come into our our place because they don't ask questions like explain the science behind this. They're like, "Mom, I love this and I want it." Right. It's sparkle. Done. It's pretty. It's, pretty. it's, it's done. It's a yeah, it's exactly. a done deal for them. You know what I mean? And so they just get it. So so then you guys were at the place your your business flatline, it made you reevaluate. So what was the next step? We'll reevaluate our friendship, too, because both of us were pointing the finger, blame, 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 blame. blame. Why did you do this? Why didn't you do this? And, you know, we had to get real with each other and go, this isn't going to go away. This debt, we're talking a major amount of debt, like a quarter of a million dollars. What are we going to do? And, um, well, we went and took a trip to Tulum. Wouldn't that be what most people would Our our accountant (laughs) was like... You guys, I knew that you guys were insane, but like <laughs> now you're gonna go spend now. Money. It is confirmed that you guys are out of your minds, yeah. And because the whole thing was is that we were trying to get back on track the way everyone that told you to that business logical business people would get their business on track, but we're not a logical business. And when we lost the spirit of the magic of what made us what we were, which was a lot of this. The, the uh, universal signs and moving with the flow. Um, we had to go to Tulum and we had to do sweat lodges and we had to go and have an, a spiritual experience. And when we came back, what, what happened was uh, David Beckham w- w- was spotted wearing some of our jewelry. And that came out of nowhere. Well, I'm going to just say, hey, I don't know what happened. But literally the pictures went viral, the story went viral, and our business changed and we were out of debt. Overnight. It was like much. amazing. Serious? And we were saved. And so we always say that we're working with crystals um, and being in this industry because when you've got thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands of pounds of crystals around you, you're going to go up against yourself. Any hidden depth of these, of like stuff is going to be unleashed. And what happened is, is that we learned that we were in a different kind of an industry and that our industry was about spirit and about healing. And so when we had to um, run our business differently and when we got into tune with that and still being with the crystals, we learn a lot of stuff every day. And every time we get too stuck, we have to shift and we have to be flexible. And I think if anything we learned in 2017 is don't think your plan is your plan because this is we're talking energy, baby. And you better shift on a dime if you're going to stay in the game. Well, and and what, that's what we learned. What was happening and working yesterday yeah. will not possibly work tomorrow. Right. Right? I mean, it's that simple. It, yeah. 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 And complicated. <laughs> exactly. So that's amazing. I mean, that is amazing. You guys went. Were you part of you going to get re-energized and also just like help well, we your friendship? We were actually going for a trade show. Oh. And we were trying to sell the jewelry to all of these um, Spanish-based um, hotels and spas, like really amazing ones. But... The problem was that the cost was too expensive to export, and so it was a bust. Right, it wasn't going to work. No. So now we're like, oh my gosh, we are in more debt until Bertha walks in. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to be honest. The only reason I came on the trip is I want to go to to a like one of these like to um, sweat lodges. Sweat sweat lodges. I'm like, cat out of the bag. To mess mess all. And so this lady, all of a sudden, yeah, shows up and she's like, my, um, my brother is one of the leading shamans here in this area. And 
it we went on a ride. We trusted. We no, didn't know her from We got um, in and it's this like, again a long time like yeah. this is long enough ago where like shamans weren't no. it's a real shaman. We were yeah. in yes. the middle we were in the middle of the rain. We were in the jungle. We, the jungle. we, were. we were taking <laughs> pictures of Wait, what were you guys doing? We need to know. Well, we were going to a very tell this sacred story? land <laughs> yeah. somewhere in Tulum. We have yeah. no idea where we were. We went with Bertha and her brother and literally drove there. Spent the night somewhere and then went on the next Yeah, like morning. how we were still alive and not killed. I mean, yeah. you know, we're <laughs> no like clueless. We so, was you that know, whatever. Now that came out uh, <laughs> exactly. Like, so, <laughs> could have happened. Yeah, don't do this. Not highly recommended. <laughs> don't do this, but it did revive uh, our business. Yeah. So, your call. Exactly. <laughs> so, but what was crazy is that we took pictures at night and the man that we were with, the shaman guy, he never showed up in any of the pictures. But there were <gasps> yeah. orbs, no. like orbs. thousands of Do you guys orbs. still have these pictures? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. No, I mean, it, it, it was amazing. And so we went through this to Mescal, and we ended up going on this private land and going into the those... Sweet waters. Into the sweet waters. Sweet waters. And we, we ended up going, and we put all... We got into these private pyramids, and we got to put crystals, and oh we, got to, we got to do prayers. And it was... Um, what happened was, on the way home hmm. on this trip, I got violently ill, and I was like... It was not good. Purging. It was a Mother's Day, and my whole family's like waiting. Hey, mom's finally showing up, baby. And I like was violently ill. And Timmy's on the um, trip on the plane, going, "Man, I feel great. Like <laughs> I feel like, like Heather, pull up your bootstraps, get it together." You yeah, know, like, and I'm just like keeled over, and she's like, "Man, I feel like I've never felt in years. Like I gotta be honest, I feel fantastic." And so I came home, I crawled into bed, and I was out for like. Three days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was not good. You, you did not, like you say, get the mother award of the no. year. <laughs> no. Yeah, that was but, not your year. But what we learned, because what happened is I ended up going to my mom's for Mother's Day, and my husband's family was there. There was like 25 people there. It hit me, and it hit me hard. And like every person talking, like the noise, the scraping of their forks on the plate, I'm like, these people are so shallow and they don't understand. I'm going through this in my head, what I just went through. And I'm so elevated over them. Again, ego thinking that I'm better. I've gone through all of this. And my mom and I got in the biggest fight and I called her the worst thing you could ever call mother on mother's day. F yeah, the F word and then the B word. Oh yeah. And my kids are like, Oh my God, are we ever going to see grandma again? (laughs) And it, it was horrendous. I mean, I felt terrible. I, I, it was not me, but what we learned is when you go through that much cleansing and transformation and ritual, you have to give yourself time to decompress. We literally, of course, this is our kind of style, get through it fast. We jumped on a plane and Heather felt it before I did, but it was terrible. And the next morning I called Heather and she was like flabbergasted. I can't believe you did this. Like, this is not like you. You better send your mother the biggest buffet <laughs> with the note that you, I love you, mom. And I am sorry. And that's exactly what I did. And yeah, it was not good. And then that like revitalized your business though. Yes. Yeah. Sorry for the interruption. I want to talk about the next Dentalks Live. So if you haven't been to one, please come. It's going to be Thursday, March 14th at 7.30 p.m. at our La Brea location. We have Nick Vile. Most people know him as The Bachelor. He's been on Bachelor in Paradise. He's been on The Bachelorette. And then, of course, The Bachelor himself. But he's also a guy who's been struggling with anxiety. And in order to combat that, started using essential oils. He's now the co-founder of Natural Habits, which is an essential oil company. We get into all of that, what it's like to have anxiety. Imagine having anxiety and being on a show like that. We are going to talk about it all. Again, like always, there's a Q&A, a chance to socialize at the end of it, and I'm sure we will have some fun giveaways. So please come. Go to denmeditation.com or dentalkspodcast.com. Reserve your spot. Again, it's Thursday, March 14th at 7.30 p.m. See you there. That's yeah. amazing. I mean, it really is. That's an amazing trip. But, you know, as in anything, like, it's all about the surrender, Right. It, but I think yeah. that's what I'm getting at. So if you could give a piece of advice to people starting a business, mm-hmm. 
would that be what it is? It's a surrender given to what it is, but it also feels like, I mean, both of you keep touching on, it was going inward again of like, mm-hmm. like you said, surrendering to the crystals, surrendering to the energy, losing the ego, having well, gratitude. And also in, in business today, I think there's a there's definitely an authenticity factor. I feel like pub, the public and also, in my opinion, successful brands and um, people and businesses nowadays, you have to be authentic to what your purpose is and what you're doing. And we're let's redefine the paradigms of like how things were done in the past and be authentic to what's going to make you feed you and what your service is so that what you're giving is something really juicy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and don't do it the packaged way always of what you've been told. Obviously, take good advice and be be logical and have a plan, but but also listen to your heart because that's what got you into it in the first place. Right. Don't lose track. Stay right. connected. Stay connected because yeah. when you lose track and you start listening to too many other people – then you become lost and your magic's gone. How do you feel like your business has evolved? So this is now, what, 16 years ago, something Mm -hmm. like that? So how do you feel like your business has evolved since then? Well, I think we both love to do the same things back in the beginning. And we figured out if we're going to grow the business, first of all, we've got to get a really good team of people to help us because you can't do it all. And then Heather and I had to divide and conquer. So... You know, Heather does more of the marketing, the design, and the vision, and I'm more of the linear part of the operation, sales, and production. So we come to our business from very different places, but yet our common goal is always the same. So it works, and I think one of the key things is you talk about why it works. We trust each other. Yep. So mm-hmm. when you have a partner, you don't have to worry. I mean, a lot of people do. We don't have to worry about that. I've got her back. She's got mine. Let's just get on with it. And what do we have to do? We can get mad at each other and not agree with things, but in the core, the trust is there. And that's huge. That's amazing. And so then you have this beautiful book, which I love, which we also sell. And you were saying you got you were approached for it, but it was something mm-hmm. that you had in your head mm-hmm. regardless. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the point was to always write, I wanted to write a book on crystals and, and share this information. But I didn't want it to be a book where it was like, this is what this crystal did and whatever. Because after being in this business for such a long time, every crystal is going to relate to somebody differently. And so we wanted it to be, when I learned, people told me stories back to kind of the tea leaves. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to write like a diary. And we were going to be like, are we going to put it out there? Are we going to like share what really went down and talk about the good, bad, and the ugly? Because for me, I want to hear about somebody. What did you do to get out of this? Or yeah. how did you do this? I don't, I want to know that part. And so that's what this book's about. It's a, it's a recipe book, a ritual book. And basically what we're doing is we gave people stories. This is what happened with us. Here's our diary. This is the, everything on the table. Here's what you could do in 11 minutes or less with this crystal. These are formulas that we have had for 17 years that have worked for thousands and thousands of people all over the world. And here's all the secrets in one book. And I definitely think the difference between our book is that I know there's not another one on the market. Um, like well, it because read I read them all <laughs> and I love them all. And there's some amazing books and I love all these crystal people because I admire all of them and what everybody's doing. But I wanted to also, and Timmy also wanted to have a visual book. So even if you're like so new beautiful. to all this, that you know what, at the end of the day, crystals are pretty. Be- they're beautiful. So you know what, if this is just a coffee table book that you look at and you're like, that's a really cool picture, then so be it. Because if that's going to introduce you into this world of crystals, because at the end of the day, if you think a crystal is going to change your life, you're going to be really disappointed because they're not. So talk about that a little bit because I not. think... A lot of people who come to the world of wellness in any form, Mm -hmm. crystals, even meditation, they just expect it to be a miracle cure. No. Oh, we wish. If it it was, the thing is, because that's what I've always been looking for. And if there, if it was, I'd be able to tell you that right now because I've been to, I've been to the best people in the world. I've tried, I've done it. I've seen them. Blah blah blah. I'm sure you could give me a list of people where I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I've been there. (laughs) The thing is, is the only way out is in. And the only way you're going to change your life is the work that you do. And it's a journey. And instead of missing the the dark pieces on the road, the shadow sides, learning how to embrace that as spiritual growth. And so that's what I've been really, I think, as of recent, instead of like harboring on, oh, man, I don't want to. You know what? Obviously, this is part of my spiritual journey right now. And this is how I'm going to evolve. And I'm going to look at it like that. 
So do you feel like, so if you were going to say crystals are not miracle workers, but they help you get deeper in the work you're doing? Yeah. They're a tool. It's a a touchstone. Mm -hmm. Because um, in this busy world, it's nice to have a, a rock, a crystal, something that's earth that you could hold on to. I think it's making a big headway now because there's a lot of people in the city mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what? I want to connect, but I'm in the city. Right. And having a piece of earth or, or a beautiful crystal or stone to hold on to helps them feel connected quickly. Right. And if you could, like, is there a beginner crystal? Is there, what would you recommend for people who have never even, they're like, crystals, what? But this sounds really interesting. What do mm-hmm. I do? Well, in our book, there's the crystal test where there's a whole bunch of crystals on a page. And then on the back of the page, it tells you what those crystals mean. So if you were just to look at that page and it's in color and see what you're attracted to, your top three crystals, then flip the page over and see what they mean. And inevitably, you pick exactly what what you you need having in your life. And people will come into our offices all the time because we've got a showroom. What exactly that question? What should I start with? Well, we don't know. What should you start with? What are you attracted to? Look at all of these tumbled stones. What one are you gravitating to? What jumps out at you? That's the one you should work with. And and that's really the lesson because I was like, what's the lesson in this? <laughs> I feel like that's the lesson of the first lesson of of crystals is trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Trust you. Pick a crystal. Make a choice. And trust yourself that it's the right one for you. That's the first lesson, right? That's amazing. I mean, and that's what you've been saying the whole time. It's like you have to stay connected to yourself. Is there a ritual that either of you tend to do the most that resonates the most with each of you? Well, because we started with jewelry, so I'm more of like I like to wear the energy Mm -hmm. because it's very simple for me. I can just put it on with an intention and get my results right so I think um, people might want to start with just wearing it so maybe if you start with the tumbled stone it's an easy entry point throw it in your pocket keep it on your your bedside or on your desk and have it with you because the other lesson is how are you going to commit to it right if you can't commit to just carrying something around that reminds you as a tool to be more centered or grounded or whatever your energy is that you're working on then how can you commit to yourself Committing to yourself is hard. I feel like people struggle with that the most. So this is amazing that there's even tools for it. Do you have a ritual that you go to? You know what? what My ritual now is as somebody who's healing from being a crystal junkie and and addicted (laughs) personality type of having sometimes too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Of course. And so um, my whole thing is is that to keep it simple, which is for me harder. Um, That's harder medicine. And so I'm really trying to keep it to one. And so what I like about quartz crystal right now is that it's clear. And whenever I forget, I could look at it and it's clear and it reminds me that that's what I could be. That do you feel like, so what do you feel? Because I feel like all of us have like an Achilles heel. It's that thing. We're always, like you said earlier, we're always working on ourselves. There's always a path and we're always growing and you're always searching. Mm -hmm. But what do you both feel like your Achilles heel is that just keeps coming back that you feel like you have to learn for yourself? Well, for me, it's speaking the truth, just probably incorporating a little more grace and um, just being truthful with myself and then with others, because I tend to shove things down and then it only hurts me later because it will come out in like the worst way possible. (laughs) So that would be for sure. I'm working on that. And I think for me, it's just acceptance. Um, Really just I'm it's I'm. I'm good right now. I mean, if I didn't have to go buy anything or do anything or go anywhere or blah, 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 I'm good. And just accepting that fully. And, and, and that's where I'm, I'm sitting in my mind, which is a, why I meditate. Um, but that full acceptance. You guys are so amazing. It's really amazing. It's such a testament to your brand and what you do that, hey, you guys have had such a strong friendship for all these years. I mean, and you've gone through your trials, both business-wise and friendship-wise, it sounds like. But you seem to keep coming back and you're, I don't know, in the flow. It's amazing and it's inspiring. So thank you, especially starting a business here too. It's just really inspiring, especially knowing, yeah, things go up and down, but always try and stay true to yourself. Absolutely. I remember I told people when we first opened, I was like, oh, thank God I did a business that had not 
been done really mm-hmm. because it would have driven me crazy if people were like, no, you can't do that. You can't mm-hmm. do that. These studies say, because I don't operate that way either. Mm-hmm. So it was easier to just be like, let's try, try and try and just do what you were feeling. Yeah. But as then once you're in it, you start to get strapped by those things. And it's always a reminder. It's such a great reminder that I need. So thank you. Of No, no, no. Get back in touch. Sometimes it might be not the quote-unquote correct answer that people are looking for, but it might be the right answer. So. Absolutely. Well, trailblazing isn't always easy, right? It's <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> it is. And, and, but you do, like you said, your canvas is clean. You get to do whatever you want, make the rules, but not everyone wants to play by them or they don't accept what your, your rules are. And sometimes you make mistakes too. Yeah, and it's, it's hard for people you know, that don't understand it. So we, we've hung in there. You're hanging in there. So you know, we yeah. just have to keep inspiring one another and... The yeah, and just uh, for us, it's like let's stay on the leading edge, man. Yeah. No, mean, it's great. So but, if you, yeah, no. It's, so speaking of inspiration, if you guys could quickly, like just like that, what would be your and you each can do it separately, like your number one book that's like your go-to for inspiration. Well, right now, someone gave me Oprah's Super Soul Sunday conversations, and oh, that's I'm like great. Yeah. in love with Oprah. I just I'm <laughs> loving all of the messages because it's all the people that she's had on her Super Soul Sunday. Yep. So the messages are just so uplifting. It's a good way for me to start the day. That's great. Well, I usually read about five or ten books at once. I was going to say you probably. But, but right now, my jam today is I really am into um, is Michael Singer's book about the uh, surrender experiment. Yep. And, and um, I dig that book. And I love his whole beginning about how he talked about matter. I just, I'm, I'm obsessed with that book. I read it in literally two days. I couldn't put it down. And it's also probably a little bit for like the acceptance too. Just like, yeah. yeah, just his, yeah, it was pretty cool. What about any documentaries that are your go-tos? Well, mm-hmm. I actually went to one about a year ago, and it changed the path of how I was going to spend my 50th birthday, and it was called Apparition Hill. I don't even know how you can see this movie because <laughs> a friend of mine brought it to an AMC theater, and I was on my way to Peru to do an ayahuasca retreat. That was I was going. I was going to Machu Picchu, and I saw this movie, and it was about 10 people traveling to a place called Magigori where the Mother Mary appears. And she still appears to these seven people um, when, since they were children. They're now in their 50s. And it was really interesting to hear people that were atheists, non-believers, someone that loved Jesus Christ but didn't understand how Mother Mary could fit into their life or just wanted to experience a spiritual location, a sacred place. And walking through these people's lives and their journeys, I'm like, I was daunt, I was crying, I was with Heather. And I'm like, you have to come see this movie with me. And I'm like, I have to go there. And so I changed my whole plans and went. Last now that's day. a shift from ayahuasca to praying to the Mother Mary. Yeah. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? I like right there. Wait, come on so now. you went, so how was it? <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, a Mother Mary's kind of my jam. She's always mm-hmm. been that energy that I just love her accepting, compassionate energy. It probably things I need to work on, obviously, with myself. And I, um, I ended up doing a yoga retreat in Croatia that was two hours from Magigori, and so went to Magigori, and we, you know, that you do the Stations of the Cross on this huge walk. It's very prayerful, huge, like two thousand people praying a day in wow. this outside church. Uh, I am Catholic. Um, I do tend to go to more of like the spiritual uh, sense in many ways, but I pray the Rosary every day. And so oh. when you're praying the rosary with 2,000 people, even in another language, no, that's, and Mother Mary's energy around, the energy you is cannot incredible. not feel that. And it was it was very powerful. I still wow. am vibing high from that experience. It, it was touched my soul. And were you solo? I went with two high school friends. Yeah, actually a friend that I had known since fourth grade and a high school friend. Oh, wow. And they were not Catholic. But you know what? You can't deny can't help but the feel energy. It. Yeah, it was... Super. I say it all the time. I go, if you go to those old churches in Europe that have just been around forever, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not. You feel, because it's all, med- it's a version of meditation. You mm-hmm. feel everyone's prayers. You feel mm-hmm. everyone's meditations. You feel everyone's energy from all those years. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's 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 magical. I, I get it. Well, for me, praying the rosary is my form of meditation. Well, I was going to say, that is yeah. a meditation. Because I was going to ask you what your meditation practice was, and it sounds like that's your that's daily it. practice. Mm-hmm. And then what about you? Any documentaries? And then I'll ask you about your um, daily meditation Mine isn't practice. a documentary, and I just watched this a couple weeks ago, so it's in the forefront, but The Da Vinci Code. Because, I don't know, 
I when I saw that, I just was and that movie, that book, and all the book. the signs and the symbols and the Illuminati and all those interesting mm-hmm. topics. Um, I could so, see why you like it because it's all about secrets totally, and like mystery. Yeah. I love it, and who knows a lot of truths probably. But anyway, so I like that. I thought that movie was really an interesting way and a lot deeper storylines that um, stories we've been told versus maybe how things really are or who knows. And what about your daily practice? My daily practice switches a lot. Um, I I do stay consistent, but um, right now I'm into doing a Kriya Kundalini. I shift back from Tibetan Buddhism that I practice. Um, I've gone through periods of mantra. I've done... uh, I study religion. I study a lot of different things. So, um, but I would say right now it would be more um, Kriya based. Were you like an incredible student in school, or no? Because it wasn't interesting you what you were studying. No, I probably was horrible. I was okay, um, but yeah, I was. I what that wasn't until later, and then I became. I mean, avid in reading all the time and and researching and. You know, I like to go and find some interesting people and in all the the underground. I like talking to the underground. I like it. It's always a very similar <laughs> theme. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for your time. This is really thank you. inspiring thank you. for me. So I really appreciate it. And then just hang in there because they're going to lead us through a beautiful meditation. Um, one of I think that this is a, a form of medicine, and you don't have to be any particular faith or religion or whatnot to to utilize this prayer. But when you smudge your house or your space or your meditation room, your meditation can go a lot deeper. And so, um, a lot of people have been asking us, you know, what's something I could do in you know, five minutes or less to change my life. Well, oh, that's easy. Well, actually, here's the answer, because when our environments get stuck or heavy or somebody's been sick or all these myriad of things that happen in life and we don't clear the energy, we become stuck and our meditations don't get to go to those higher levels. So um, something you could do is you could open all your windows, pull back the um, curtains and here's the prayer and you'd start at the front door and you would light a sage stick and you'd put something underneath it and you would go counterclockwise because that's what you want to do to take energy out. Um, of an environment. And this is the prayer. It says, Great creator, the four powers of the universe, in all my relations and good spirits and nature, I come before you in a humble manner and ask for your help. The way I understand it, you put this medicine on the earth from the beginning of creation to help human beings. This medicine is used to purify our mind, body, soul, aura, and environment where I now stand. I therefore ask that you accept this medicine and purify me and anyone else in this family or in this environment. I ask that you remove all bad spirits, all bad forces, all ghosts and deceased people or any evil entities and negative energies. I ask that you remove all fear, pain, and sickness and do not let them return. And then what you want to do is you want to walk through your home with um, the sage And you want to ask that the spirit of the smoke of the sage purify your home and see that smoke making everything clean because this is really how we clean the invisible world. We clean our house and we use all of our products, but how do we clear the air and the environment and all the stagnant energy that's that's held? So you're going to go through each room and you're going to let the um, smoke and the sage whiff through. And you're going to walk through each room and the bathrooms, and you're going to go in all the corners, and you're going to ask that the spirit of the smoke purify your space. And then what happens is, is that when you come back to the very front door, you're going to then ideally light a piece of Palo Santo. Palo Santo is a great um, stick to light when you want to bring blessings and healing. And a lot of people believe angelic energy into your home. So then what you would do is you would light the Palo Santo stick and you would blow on it and you'd make a prayer or a wish or an intention and you would walk through your house um, clockwise now and you would go through the rooms of each room and you would say out loud all the things that you want to bring into your environment like may the smoke bring harmony and love and protection and healing to our home. May our family be healthy. May abundance be 
abound our space and walk through each room and blow on the Palo Santo and blow your wishes into your environment in each and every room. And then at the very end, you'll go to the front door where you began and you've now made a full circle. No beginning, no end, just constant. And make a final prayer that you are a healer. And healer, heal thyself. And use the medicine of the earth because you are powerful and you are empowered. And you can heal your home and your environment and your mind, body, spirit each and every day. Namaste. Ten Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.